0: I'm Lucas,
1: and I'm Julia.
0: We are the European Union Youth Delegates at the United Nations.
1: If you want to know more about what's going on in the world from a UN and EU perspective,
0: listen to thought-provoking talks in our podcast, Who Rules the World? Welcome to the Who Rules the World podcast. This episode opens a new season of this podcast, laid by Julia and Lucas, the new EU Youth Delegates to the UN. Our guest is His Excellency Olof Skook, Ambassador, Head of the European Delegation to the United Nations. Even if it's more that we are his guests, in this episode you will get to know more about the activities of the EU delegation during UNGA. This, discover more about the Ambassador's mandate, his highlights of these years and his thoughts about youth participation within the international community.
1: First of all, we are honored to have Ambassador Skouk here. We know that your curriculum is full of impressive experiences. You have been permanent representative of Sweden to the UN, and you served as the chairman of the United Nations Peace Building Commission and president of the UN Security Council and many more.
0: New session of General Assembly just started. What are the EU priorities for the 78th session?
2: Thank you very much, Julia and uh, Lucas, for uh, first of all to coming to the EU delegation. We're very proud to have you. Um, you know, for the priorities for this session, we have long documents that have been approved by Brussels and by all member states, etc., in much detail, what our ambitions are, but also what we uh, what our defensives are, you know, our red lines and some of this. But So I think maybe just to summarize, I think what we want to achieve during this session is to... Um, demonstrate to the world that United Nations matters, that what we do here has an impact on people's lives. Um, and we know that it's a very challenging situation right now. But the United Nations basically is about protecting the peace, protecting development, and all of that based on human rights. Because we know that if you don't have peace, you will not have development. If you don't have development, you will not achieve peace and nothing of those two you can achieve if you don't respect people's human rights political rights but also the economic possibilities that we provide to people so this i think will be the basic um you know starting point for everything we do this uh session
1: thank you for your answer so talking about the high-level week. Mm. We know that it's the most chaotic week of the year. So could you please share with us an highlight moment of this high-level week?
2: Yeah, thank you. That's a very good uh, question. Uh, We're only a few days uh, away from, uh, from, or behind us, the the high-level week. I I will not hide to you that it's a really challenging week for us. We have hundreds, over a hundred, Uh, people coming from Brussels um, and that's not counting all the EU member states uh, delegations here so of course that week everyone here turns into a protocol or a logistics officer it's all about the cars picking up at the airport visas who sits at the table when do we speak etc so it's quite uh, it's a it's a difficult week to have everyone being happy Um, and it's a relief that it's behind us but I also have to say that in a situation where we are right now in the world where there is a lot of tensions a lot of threats to the international cooperation and to the UN's legitimacy it's also very rewarding for a European to see that our leaders they come here um, and they're very present they uh, they speak they are listened to they interact with the rest of the world because i think fundamentally europeans and the european union leaders believe that everyone benefits from an international cooperation that is built on trust and the rules that that establishes and that is respected so um yeah the um, i'm happy that the week is over and that we can now focus on substance But I'm also proud of what the EU contributed to that week.
0: It's not been your first most difficult week here. Uh, You've been EU ambassador to the UN for four years. Mm. What's the biggest change that you experienced during the time here?
2: Well, I think uh, actually before I was the EU ambassador, I was the Swedish ambassador. So I've been here for many years now. and. I think we always say that the climate is difficult. The UN needs to do better, and um, you know that is our agenda. But I think maybe we're in—it's never been more difficult than it is now. Part of that is because uh, we have a permanent member of the Security Council, Russia, who is attacking another independent country in Europe, Ukraine. Um, and it doesn't really matter that it's in Europe. The fact that this is happening has also made a lot of people question the United Nations. If we can't uphold the rules, if we have a country with nuclear war arms that is also a permanent member of the Security Council that blocks any meaningful discussions in the Security Council, you know, why, why then is the UN relevant? so this is a real challenge to us and and um, and that is new compared to when i started here in 2015 when i first came or, or in 2019 when i took on this job so for us in the eu it has also forced us to refocus our attention to uh, push back russia and the violations that they represent to be even more forceful in protecting the integrity of the United Nations Charter, of international law, and then also to help Ukraine to uh, make sure that there is enough attention paid to the situation in Ukraine. But I want to stress, too, that the third priority here is very much about making sure that we do not, with all our attention to the situation in Europe and the Ukraine uh, attacks that Russia is conducting, that we do not forget that there is a big uh, international agenda that is very important to the rest of the world um, and that we don't turn our back uh, to that, uh, those legitimate concerns. So it's, the agenda has broadened uh, and I think the, uni- the EU, the European Union, has become an even more important and relevant player over the years that I've seen this uh, develop since 2019.
1: Speaking about the new challenges, we know that the one who faces more of those challenges are the young people. Mm -hmm. So what is your opinion on involving more young people and young professionals in the UN system and in the UN members' delegation? Mm -hmm. I know that you are in favor, otherwise we wouldn't be here as EU youth delegates, but um, how can we ensure a broader representation of youth Within the UN, and ensure that more and more members include youth delegates into their official delegations. Mm.
2: Yeah, that's a very, very good question. I, I think we we understand more and more that uh, even in an organization that is based on governments coming together, that we will not be delivering on the future, de- you know, on the on the demands of our of the planet if we don't involve the youth in our decision making so we can do that either by you know pushing for as you said governments to include youth in their delegations in a meaningful way not just as a you know a token that can speak from time to time but to our, who are really part of preparing our positions on the various issues so that's one way of doing it but you have to be aware too that Whenever we push for this, for civil society, be that women organizations, youth organizations, there is a lot of reluctance. Um, And you will have many countries who are represented in the UN who will insist that no, that should should not be open for this uh, or for the private sector or for other parties because this is fundamentally an intergovernmental organization. So it's not easy right now um, because the pushback is quite big. But I think we've managed to have, first of all, the Secretary-General himself lead in this work. And also, as we discuss the future, the common agenda, the next year's summit of the future, I think there is a better understanding that we cannot talk about the future without involving the... I I, I don't like to address the youth as our future leaders, because I think you're part of leading the work already now. But I think we need to be much better at doing this. And that's why I'm so proud to have the two of you uh, representing European youth in this work. Um, And I think part of your job should also be to make sure that you advocate for other delegations in other parts of the world
0: to do the same. Thank you for everything what you and Mission are doing for young people. And for young people to be in a public service or being a diplomat is a dream for, like, lots of them. What piece of advice would you give to those who want to pursue, pursue this career? Hmm.
2: Well, um, I think you're already well positioned uh, as, as the generation that you belong to because you are, I think, in many cases, you've grown up with a uh, almost borderless environment. The European Union itself represents a borderless cultural exchange uh, between youth in Europe. But I think uh, the additional uh, worldview that you represent is one that sees the world as one. And that, you know, we cannot, there's no single country that can resolve the problems that we, that we are faced with. It needs international cooperation. And that instinct in itself, whether you are, you know, what you do at home, how you ex- have your exchange programs as students in universities, etc., and how you are as a human being, Already that is uh, such a good basis for any diplomatic career. And then, you know, uh, learning languages and being very open-minded to the fact that you, we grew up with our priorities. And it's also a question of being attentive to the legitimate rights of the rest of the world. And I think that already is an extremely good basis for how you become an, an effective uh, diplomat.
1: Thank you very much. And um, we know that your mandate at the European delegation is coming to an end. Is there something that you would like to change over this year if you had the chance?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that uh, that we could have probably have done better. Uh, looking back, there are there are things that I'm thinking about a lot. Uh, how we speak a lot about prevention, for instance, of conflict uh, we use it as a mantra it's almost an automatic thing we need to do better etc but I think we really need to change that into uh, real concrete measures not just talking about it but actually doing more and I was on the Security Council of the United Nations as a Swedish ambassador when the uh, uh, Rohingya uh, crisis erupted where the Myanmar military basically conducted a, a, a really atrocity crime against a whole population and forced them to flee. And we saw that, honestly, we saw that this was the risk. We saw this, that there was risk of this happening. And it's just an example of cases where we can see the risks, but we are unable to preventively act on it. So I, I think that is, a, for me, a reminder that we can always do a lot better.
0: Thank you. Uh, what's some advice you would like to give to your successor, and especially in terms of youth involvement?
2: Yes, well, I, I hope that he will, uh, it, it's a man, um, that he will uh, continue what I think we've started to be uh, really engaging with, uh, first to support the program under which you, the two of you are here, but maybe to expand it to, you know, not just as a European program, but also to support. Um, other regions. We're working a little bit with the African Union, for instance, and if we can sister, you know, bring that into a systemic and systematic cooperation, maybe also financially support African youth to be more present here in the UN, I think that would be a great boost.
0: hope well, he's going to give us an interview for <laughs> Who Rules the World podcast. <laughs> I'm sure he will.
1: Thank you very much, Ambassador, for accepting and recording this episode with us.
0: And it was you with whom this program of European Youth Delegates to the United Nations started and we are very grateful for that and we believe it will last for many, many years. Thank you very much. hope so. Thank you very much. Thank you.
2: This was an episode of the Who Rules the World podcast. For the new episodes, tune in to the Spotify or other platforms.